D. P. P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. If Rasmus Ristolainen is worth hag, a first and a second round pick, which is what's being reported as of the starting of this recording. What's Morgan Riley worth? Uh, or if you want to get even deeper, Marissa and Gemi tweeting 11 seconds ago, if Ristolainen is worth a first rounder, you are worth the text back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's you, nice. You, you got to get deeper. That's true. It does <laughs> that's make what you, you start with trading Morgan Riley, Adam? Oh, it you. does make you think about what they would have paid for Seth Jones, because I know that they were sort of in on him. It looks like Chicago really wants him. Edmonton did them a solid by clearing out dead cap space. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about what that Seth Jones deal now looks like. If Rasmus Ristolainen, like, you're bad at defense, so you call the Sabres. <laughs> Like, <laughs> what an amazing what? way of looking at it, Adam. I mean, it's just weird. Oh, cool. Well, because the Sabres are bad at defense, but they're bad at everything. Yeah, but Ristolainen's been on only terrible teams throughout his entire career. Like, he's he, he's a lot better than anything he's ever done because he hasn't played on a good team. I'm not willing to believe Ristolainen is as bad a defenseman as he's been portrayed to be. Because I just don't know if Buffalo Sabres stats over the last five years are reliable. Yeah. I, I, I don't well, like think what Jesse they, said there, right? Like they're so bad. They're so bad. I just did a trade tree that involves the Sabres and I don't want to blow it, but holy shit. They're it's, it's blazingly scorchingly bad and dumb. And just the rate at which nothing works. Nothing. It's oh, it's it's unbelievable. The like, guys show up in town and they leave immediately, and then they <laughs> like it's it's uh, the uh, oh, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it. I work too hard, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yes. Do you want to go through it? I mean, well, it's well, it's not a it's not official yet, so I guess yeah. So it could change, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I think we talk about it. Well, so um, here's here's what I want to say. Because everyone has been saying or reporting that Kevin Adams' uh, demands for Jack Eichel are fantastical. And I am here to tell you, Kevin, hold to your guns. Stick to your guns. You're you're doing it. You're cracking them, obviously. This, you know, we were criticizing the Sabres, and I'm like, Jesus, Kevin Adams really needs to hit it out of the park this offseason. First move, home run. Not even knowing the full details. Home run. They could retain half. I would still say it was a home run. If we were to turn the NHL 2021 offseason into like a movie, I think stick to your guns would be the theme of it for every general manager because that's what it seems like we're getting so far. It's Ron Francis sticking to his guns with the high price for uh, picking guys in the expansion draft. We got the arguments about Dubas sticking to his guns over the Hyman situation. And now we got Kevin Adams sticking to his guns and over Ken Holland and sticking to his guns, letting Adam Larson walk and sticking to his guns and going, no, I will pay for Duncan Keith. I'll and stick the, to those guns. The last one we'll get to this as well is the Nedeljkovic uh, contract in oh, Carolina holy, sticking to oh his boy. guns again. Boy, and there's been updates on that stubborn. today. It's the war. The more I hear on that the more i'm like man that's bad this is a bad deal um another annoying thing that is going to be a factor throughout the draft throughout the entire draft the coyotes really do ruin everything Mm -hmm. so john shannon tweets 
Uh, sounds like Rasmus Ristolainen is going to Philadelphia in a package that includes the Sabres getting the 13th pick in the draft tonight. And I went, okay, the 13th pick in the draft. There were rumors that it could be like a three-way deal. So I go, okay, who has the 13th pick? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Calgary. Philadelphia has the 14th pick. Wait a sec. Is, is this a three-way trade with Calgary? Or did John Shannon have a typo? No. The 11th pick in the draft belongs to the Arizona Coyotes, and they are forfeiting it. But yeah, they don't have a pick this year. Dude, they're forfeiting the 11th overall pick. Oh, my God. So bad. So unbelievably bad. Every team moves up a slot, unless you don't have a first-round pick. Hooray, Leafs. Um, <laughs> but uh, not that I, I supported it at the time. I'm not going to go back. But... Um, so it's the 13th it's the technically the 14th pick but really it's 13th the 13th player selected and the sabers are already picking first Mm. really really good work for kevin adams hopefully they've scouted well um i'm just looking issue looking at the uh the, the evolving hockey charts it's not a pretty picture like hag looks like the better defenseman even though he's well he's played half the time but hag looks like a at least like a replacement for Ristolainen. If you Hag's, look at that, like I had Hag in my expansion draft, I had notes on him, and he's he's gonna cap out at a sixth or seventh defenseman on most NHL teams. They they did this thing last year where they started him in the offensive zone sixty percent of times, and only at that point did his numbers start looking positive. So you have this is a guy who's who's gonna be middling on your penalty kill, and he's not gonna be that much of an offensive threat unless you're giving him all of this advantage, uh, they, as they did on the Flyers. So. He's not he's not that much of a player you're getting in return. But so here's the thing though, you just paid him and a first and a second for a guy that, well, we're not really sure if he's good because the Sabres are bad. And this is this is my thing with Rasmus Ristolainen is is there's a um there is an argument to be made that well, maybe it's not fair. He's played on the Sabres. But, but, but my argument would be then why are you paying so much? Also, why did you pay to get rid of Shane Gostas Bear? And so that you could pay more to acquire bigger finished Shane Goss to spare. <laughs> what are you? That what? What? I, I don't know. There had to be a personality player. conflict there too. Like obviously, mm-hmm. obviously with Goss to spare, there had to be something where it's like, we got to move this guy. His I, time I was over. In Philadelphia. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. And it's, I mean, Ristolainen has been asking to get out of Buffalo for a while. Uh, so truculent tweeted, Jesus Christ, followed by the Sabres July 5th announcement that they were bringing on Sam Ventura as a vice president of hockey strategy and research. So this guy's, you know, kind of a numbers nut. And they bring him in from Pittsburgh, and the Sabres' first move is to get rid of Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> you guys, can I read you guys the total assets lost by the Flyers in the last two days and the total assets gained by the Flyers? Let's well, hear, is let's is hear. the trade official? Well, according to what the trade should be. Sure. So it'll be Gostas Bear lost, Hag lost, 13th overall gone, second in 2022 gone, second in 2023 gone, seventh in 2022 gone. And they've acquired Rasmus Ristolainen for all of those things. Oh. <laughs> and Twarinski, who they lost in the expansion yeah, draft. I guess but that I, too. Yeah, everyone. No, had but to guys, lose they him. didn't lose him. They acquired him to lose him. They didn't lose him. So 
They did not. The, shut up. That's not, that, that analogy doesn't we work. We acquired Gretzky to lose. We didn't lose here. anything. We traded a second and haul under for him. So, so good. shut your big ass up. Um, now, I, I, okay. So the Rasmus Ristolainen thing is unfolding. Well, as soon as we get uh, confirmation, obviously, as the show goes on, by the time you listen to this, you'll already have confirmation, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I did want to ask you guys this, and I think it might be too early. But I, the the Seattle picks are starting to raise eyebrows, especially because we were reserving judgment on this for yesterday, one o'clock, all the trades that were going to be announced. And so far, I think we've seen Tyler Pitlick. One. Was it Tyler Pitlick? One trade. And one was- trade so far. Now, and sorry, I should say just released a minute ago, uh, that's the friggin' deal. It's Hag, a first and a second uh, for Ristolainen that's official from the horse's mouth, from the Buffalo Sabres and the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, but see, yeah, Seattle, you look at their lineup and you're like, there's so many other things you could have done here with this draft. Like, I get having cap space. Cap space is cool, but what about players? Players are also the guys you got to go on the ice and play. Cap space isn't scoring goals this year. Cap uh-huh. space is only good if you're winning uh, or you're trying to rebuild. You know what I mean? Like cap space, you need if you need options, right? The thing with with Seattle is that you know they've got thirty million bucks or whatever it is in cap space, and that's important. Sure, they can go spend free agency. It's great, but I I I you know, and I always say cap space is the most important thing. But if you suck and you've got a ton of cap space, unless you are rebuilding and using that cap space to weaponize bringing on like what Arizona did with um, Datsuk, what the Leafs did with Horton and Clarkson and several other players, um, you know, like to put them in the LTIR uh, or just get yourself to the cap floor. Then I sort of get it, but Seattle doesn't seem to be in that position. And I find there's one thing that really sticks out to me. And I don't think enough has been made of this for any team to get an extra protection slot from Seattle. It was a first and a third. Mm -hmm. Not a single team paid it. Now, I can understand why the teams didn't pay it, but I can't understand why Seattle didn't adjust their price. Because when you get something like that, when you want to offer an incentive like that, you want someone to take it, don't you? One or two teams to take it? I'm especially surprised no one paid it or like said, listen, don't get cheeky. We're not giving you the third, but we'll do the first. I'm surprised no one really did that or Seattle didn't here's the problem these draft picks are not worth as much as they used to be mm-hmm. they're not uh, because a lot of the guys uh, like I'm not the least bit excited for this draft not just because the Leafs barely have any picks I don't know who any of these people are <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know who most of these players are and that's why uh, I went white in the face and was terrified when Jesse was like are you ready to do the live stream for the draft <laughs> thinking that it that was tonight be because I was like, yo, I don't know any of these people right. um, because a lot of them, like any OHL guys, you have not played hockey unless you're like the top, you know, 2%, you know, like the byfields who actually got to play professional in the AHL and some games in the NHL. Um, so a, a first and a third, if I'm Seattle, I am charging through the nose because the value of those picks is actually down, which means the value of a second is down. But if you don't get them, then to me, try to get two or three. To me, I would be like, why don't I look at it from a business perspective? You got to look at like how they, how they price things out. They know if, you know, a sports team knows if they charge them above a certain amount of money for a ticket that they're going to cut out X amount of people buying it, but they know they'll get some people through the door buying it. 
what I was curious about with Seattle was why they set a price that nobody was willing to pay. If you've got two or three people through the door, forget forget the fact that 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 you know um, that it might might have been a high price or these picks are not worth as much or whatever. You get two or three first round picks or two or three second and third round picks, whatever it is. Like you could say a first or a second and a third or whatever it is, however you value it, right? Internally. And I don't know the right answer to that. There were enough good players available that if a good team approached them with a player, they want to protect that player, Seattle wants that player. You go, okay, well, well, we can take from someone else. There was enough good players available. You should see there's a few people that have done uh, alternate drafts, leftover drafts, yeah. taking players that, that Seattle didn't touch, and the team looks pretty good. Now, I, I didn't see anyone put a cap hit next to those teams, by the way. Oh, I, I did. Actually, a lot of them had that. Oh, yeah? The, the yeah, one I like saw the one was I like, why didn't you? they do this? And I'm like, because the starting goalie in first two lines are $45 million. Right. And, and that's what not is, what they were going for at all. You could have still accomplished that goal and got some more draft picks for it. I think Vegas, you know, maybe people had less time to prepare for Vegas. But I think that Seattle did themselves a small disservice by charging that kind of price that nobody would pay. Like, if you have something to sell and it's a premium item you should at least get one or two percent of people to pay it, you're, not zero percent. That's like if they charge for too much for a Ferrari that even rich people wouldn't pay it. You're not looking at this the way Ron Francis is looking at it. What does he value most? Cap space. Right. What is one million dollars of cap space worth? I don't know. A million dollars? What's no, no, no. But like in terms of assets. I don't know. What's it worth? It's a great question. What's two million worth? Let's say. Let's say $2 million is worth a third round pick. $2 million worth of cap space is a third round pick. What was Shane Goss's Bears deal? Four and a half million? uh, Yeah, four and a half million, and it was worth a second second and a seventh. Okay. With a team that doesn't have as much leverage as the Kraken. So if I'm the Kraken, I'm still charging my price, right? So let's say $2 million worth of cap space is worth a third round pick. The Kraken have that times 15 with 700 grand to spare, they're gonna get you. Vegas got you right at the beginning. I think Seattle has the ability to get you a different way. So the long game. The long right. game. But does that change, Steve, even if you get two or three of those teams through the door? Like if you get two or three teams paying you a second and a third round pick, that's better than what they got. And they could still have the cap space. So there, a concrete example of that is, uh, I guess, Callie Yarncroke. Because Nashville had two guys they exposed that they were like, okay, Seattle, please take these two guys. It was Duchesne and Johansson. They both made $8 million. Callie made $2 million. So there's a $6 million worth of cap space. So if you're Ron Francis, you say, hey, Nashville, this $6 million that I'm going to spend is going to cost you, or it's going to cost me. So what's that value? Is that a first round pick? Like, is that is that what we're valuing uh, first and a third at six million dollars on the cap? I don't know. I also, I don't know. I but I just don't feel like believe that it was a first and a third for everybody. We already know that's not true. It should have right. been dynamic pricing per team. It should have been different. Yes. Right? Well, we already know it, the price for Jake Allen was a second. Mm-hmm. Right. So we already know. You know, maybe we're hammering the Kraken too hard here. Because we don't know the cost per team, and we're. I'm sorry, they're a team now. Statement. They can be hammered, and I'm going to. No, hammer. I know they can be hammered, but, but we got to hammer them I'm for sorry. the right reasons, I think, Adam. And we're I not. Have, I we're think, not. I think it's a. I think it's a failure. I think you need to have a couple of those teams agree to that. To How can it be a price? failure if they got exactly what they wanted? 
They got exactly what they wanted. They have 30 million. You think they're going into the season with 30 million dollars worth of cap space? You think no, by don't. Christmas they're gonna have 30 million dollars? No, I don't, space? but they could have gone well, in. Well, then with what more are we talking space. about? We're here. talking about we're maximizing gonna... asset value, Steve. This is the they exact same thing we're talking about with Hall. They right, still so... hold all the cards, they hold all the cards they did last week. They have 30 million dollars worth of cap space. No one yeah. else has this. All right. And one thing they do have is uh like they have a solid defense that you could ice mm-hmm. a season opening with this roster and be like, hey, that's probably the second best defense core in your division right now. It's just the forward group where you look at it and you're like, okay, how do you weaponize 30 million dollars plus the assets you have to bolster mm-hmm. that? Which is the direction I guess Ron Francis wants to go instead of getting the forward group uh, to where it should be from the draft. You want to do it through the money and free agency and trades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't afraid to take on salary. Obviously, Carey Price was a big consideration. I just, my thinking is, I think you set that price at where at least you get a couple teams to pay it. And I think that's a missed opportunity. Like in in Calgary, I guess it was dynamic because we saw the Pitlick deal with Calgary, the Allen situation in Montreal. But it wasn't, it doesn't sound like it was dynamic enough for all of these things to flood through that we thought were going to happen. Because like like we said on, what was it, Wednesday in the middle of the night, hey, tomorrow at one, there's going to be like eight deals that we're going to, all these trades are going to make sense. And there was zero of them. The, the, okay. What, okay, what would you rather have, um, Austin Matthews, or because people love shitting on the Leafs? What would you rather have, this or what the Leafs have? Because the Leafs are overpaying guys. <laughs> well, so, what would you rather probably have? Probably someone Austin, else's thing. <laughs> would you rather have Austin Matthews mm-hmm. or Artemi Panarin? Um, or would you rather have a package of Rasmus Ristolainen and Ryan Ellis? Because I'm here to tell you, they all cost the same. Matthews or Panarin mm-hmm. cost the same against the cap as Ellis and Ristolainen combined. Holy shit. I don't know what the Flyers are doing. <laughs> we're talking about the Krakens. Yeah, we're not I don't care. We were, we were, what were yeah. you doing hey. in your world over there? Hey, can you get off Twitter for a second? Yeah, because when you do, fuck? when you're on, we know you're not paying attention. The... You see Steve going. <laughs> Well, okay, Steve, I'm not paying attention. (laughs) You're tired of the conversation. The conversation's relevant, though. They, I am. The conversation is going in circles. The the, the Kraken, did did they charge teams too much? Yeah, I think they did. Oh, man, you should have mentioned that. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to have a debate with you. This is what a show is. I gave you my side. (laughs) I gave you my side. They still have $30 million worth of cap space, which I think I mentioned, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Seattle is going to be better than most teams in the Right, and I understand that this is a fluid situation. It's not all the way through. I'm just talking about optically from right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I still feel like they could have been further ahead. Now, we got a perplexing trade with Detroit and Carolina. Steve, do you feel comfortable talking about this, or is this going to go in circles as well? Uh, No, I think this one's pretty straightforward, Adam. (laughs) So, what? okay, so here's the thing. Yesterday, we see this trade come through, and – Everybody says, okay, that's weird. There must be something else. So the something else that we've heard today, again, could get lit up in my mentions again for saying this seems a little bit odd. But Don Waddell's guy who usually has a plan, trading away a Calder Trophy goalie. Oh, well, sorry. Calder, yeah. Nominee. Yeah. Nominee. Nominee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seems, <laughs> seems odd. Uh, Alex uh, Nadelovich traded to Detroit. And the interesting thing about this is it was for almost nothing. Like Rasmus Ristolainen cost a lot more than this did. 
And what's weird is the um, just the optics of it, because he apparently was asking about three and a half million dollars a year over two years. Now you think, okay, um, the maybe trade, that's by a, the way I, was was Bernier and a third going back to Carolina. The rights for Bernier, Bernier he's not even signed. He's a yeah, UFA. UFA. Yeah, yeah. So they they booted him in a hurry. And it's three and a half million dollars. So then he goes to Detroit and Stevie Y gets him under contract at three million, which means Detroit probably years. came into two and a half. Yeah, sorry. For yeah, three, uh, three million uh, each year for two years. Um, so uh, I'm assuming Detroit said, we'll pay you two and a half. And he said, I want three and a half. And they met in the middle. It was done. And then, so you know, a lot of people were like, hey, you know, don't take this opportunity to shit on the Canes. They've got, they've got something else. And you think, well, it better be a good plan. LeBron. Pierre Lebrun is reporting today that the plan is get Bernier under contract, get Mrazic under contract. It's a horrendous. It's 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 not good. And what Waddell has said is we are in win now no mode, not win later mode. So we need to get veteran goalies. So you got Bernier, who's looked good on a garbage hunk of shit, not even trying team, literally not even trying. Mm-hmm. borderline point shaving the Detroit Red Wings <laughs> by holding back their young guys, like literally borderline point shaving. And Peter Mrazek, who was good in the 12 games he played last year because of injury. What's the plan here? First, one of them is going to have to be the starter in the playoffs. You're going Bernier, who has he ever played in the playoffs? Maybe with the Kings? The Kings, like the Purple Kings. Like way back, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't with the Leafs. We already know that. Mm-hmm. And Mrazic. Like the rumor has been Freddie, which might be an even worse idea <laughs> to go after Freddie Anderson. Yeah, he's, he's what you're looking for. If what you're looking for is a veteran goalie, what you should be looking for is a goalie who will stop pucks consistently. What is the... A third... And the rumor, like, I think Carolina is genuinely happy to get a third because the rumor was they weren't even going to qualify the guy. I just joked. EJ from the NHL Network reported that the offer that the Carolinas gave uh, Nedeljkovic was uh, $1.5 million. And they Who were, told you that was going to work? Waddell yeah. wasn't willing to budge there. And it's a situation where the Carolina Hurricanes, they have this weird budget where they're unwilling oh. to pay guys over exactly what they want. And if $1.5 million isn't what you're going to accept, we're going to take a third round pick and have no goalies under contract. Like the that's, an- that they'd rather be in that than just pony up a million more dollars. The anti-Leafs, the anti-Leafs, and they're not much farther ahead. The Leafs overpay everybody. The Hurricanes refuse to pay anybody. That's a good way to put it. And they're trapped at the second round, yeah. right? So at least they're winning rounds consistently, but they're trapped at the second round. But who got them the to the plateau. second round? Who got them to the second The team in front of the goalie. Yeah. Not Nadal. Oh, Nadelkovich, you mean? He started, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But he's 25. He's going to get better. Yeah, and he's you, at 38 you cannot... career games, I think. Okay, a, guy, a 25-year-old who threw up like a 923 or whatever it was. The bet that that guy will be better than Jonathan Bernier? You can't pay to you can't afford to pay your starting goalie three million dollars. What are you attempting? That's no, that's terrible. That's really terrible. Well, beyond that, 
I, I would say too to everybody who's like, well, Bernier proved last season he can do it and he's been doing it for a long time. That's fair. But um, remember that he's playing for a team where literally zero is expected. He things has change. to be the hero every night. Thing, yes, but things change when you're playing with a team that has expectations. They do. Um, it's great when you've got nothing to lose. Show me a situation where Jonathan Bernier has won where there's been something to lose. There hasn't been one. And that's, this is the thing, right? It's, it's, this is the risk that the Carolina Hurricanes incur with this. Now, again, you know, you guys told me to back off on, on Dubas because the offseason isn't over yet. Should we back off on Waddell because the offseason isn't no, over yet? No goalies under contract. You, it's unfair to evaluate your goalie situation when you have no goalies. But you had a goalie who had a 920 in nine games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you had him at two or $3 million if you're willing to just pay that. And you gave him away for a third round pick. That's Adam. It's, we can criticize that. Adam, you're, you're the business guy. Mm-hmm. What, what, okay, what if you're negotiating with someone? Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's a regular day. What if you're negotiating with someone who has no leverage? Nadelkovich? No, the Hurricanes. <laughs> if you... I'm Jonathan Bernier, oh yeah, or Peter yeah. Morazic, or any free agent goalie, yeah. I go, here's my number, and the Hurricanes go, no. I go, yeah, who else? You have no goalies. Who else are you going to get? <laughs> Itu Makaniemi is their highest paid goalie under contract right now, and if you've never heard of them, me neither. Eight hundred and sixty-seven grand against the cap. Absolute stud. Don't even talk about Edu McMinnity about like that. He, he listen, that listen know, you guys. Who knows? Maybe he's great. I don't Beck know. Warm, Beck Warm. That's a made-up name. <laughs> it's made one of those name. NHL guys that it's just the outline of the head. <laughs> you don't actually see a face. <laughs> you know, undrafted Beck Warm from uh, Whistler, BC. He's mm. he's gonna start a whole bunch of games this year. And and Aiden Foot, who's actually the the uh, he's the first cousin, I believe, of Adam Foot. Okay. I also made him up. That's that's made up. I made that person. Up. <laughs> I don't. But know. you spent yeah, a moment to be like, is he telling? He's not on the roster. I know Cal Foot's in the league, so I just figured, you know, maybe There's so the many Foots. <laughs> it was believable. There are many Foots. Might even be feet. We're not even sure. Uh, no. It's well different limb of the family. Am I right? <laughs> Whoa! Uh, listen, right. um, I uh, yeah. If I'm Bernier or uh, Mrazek, who they're negotiating with, yeah, my number went up. You don't have anybody, stupid. My number went up. What are you dumb? My number went up by at least a, hu- a couple hundred grand. It went up. Yeah. You don't have anybody. Yeah. Who are you gonna get? Shut up. Is Carolina gonna screw themselves out of a good yes. team? Yeah. Like with this with this weird budget they got. Hold hold on, we don't know because they could say Bernier could be like that's my number, and they'll be like nah, right? You go out and sign Linus Olmark, and they'd probably be fine, but it would be expensive. His a lot more expensive. Go, any goaltender speaking to the Carolina Hurricanes should give them a higher number than they give everybody else. Dynamic pricing. Yep, <laughs> they should. They should. Fair. Remember, uh, Shvestnikov's still not even signed. He still has his RFA. Uh, offer sheet contract. him yeah so. offer sheet him well i wondered offer that about seattle him. like do you not uh and I, I i people in vancouver got really mad at me but like your rival an hour away can't sign Pedersen and hughes with the 15 million they've got unless they put them on short-term deals and even then seven and a half it's you know gonna what? be hard so i wonder if you couldn't i mean they don't have their own second round so you'd have to go super high on Pedersen. but the kraken seemed like a team like man you know what? Maybe. Because we, you and I were talking about this. We all were talking about this. 
I got it wrong. I get, you get wrong? Because because Seattle's got the second overall pick this year, and I was like, yeah, but if they offer sheet, they're going to be giving up the second overall pick. No, they're not, because you can't offer sheet for another week. Oh, so they're going to pick second overall, and then then they'd the have picks, picks. the picks will begin in twenty twenty two if they were to offer sheet Pedersen. You got all the space in the world. Why wouldn't you? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. No, it won't happen. But why wouldn't you? I, I, mean, would, I think like, somebody no made a good point. Like, never happens. They're like Seattle. Somebody tweeted me. They're like, listen, Seattle is far more than Pedersen away from being a good team, and they might be right about that. Um, but it's still, it's Pedersen. You know, you might get these magic beans, or you could get Pedersen, who's already a pretty good bean stock. Pedersen, Adam, ten million bucks, and then figure out what you do with the other twenty point seven. Adam, I have a question for you. Yep. What is a more useless conversation? Talking about an NHL general manager offer shooting somebody or talking about the Kraken's roster? I think they might be on par. They might be on par because both are, well, one's not going to happen and the other is so fluid that who knows. But listen, we got to do a hockey show, okay? So I got to ask some questions. Jesus. <laughs> People are like, what the fuck are you asking that for? Wait for two weeks. I'm like, I got a show tomorrow. I got to ask questions, man. <laughs> fuck. You, when, also, listen, when we you talked do- about. The fact that we won't know for two weeks. Yes. We're Once again, gonna... I am left pondering my knowledge of English. <laughs> it's it's speculation season, kids. That's what we're doing now. Uh, Welcome. The, the, the one for the thing, first time to the show. <laughs> I do like uh, the Eisman uh, quote, by the way, on the oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> Basically, they said, uh, how did that happen? And he said, you're going to have to ask Carolina why they were comfortable doing that. Oh, we oh we got that version of Steve Eiserman back. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. the borderline like we know he's Steve Eiserman and he's a general manager and that's the way he speaks. Anyone else speaks that we're checking their backyard for bones. That is yeah. that like that that is a cold man. That's yeah. a very cold man, Steve Eiserman. I like badass. Badass. Yes. Now, um, uh, I want to move on because we do have a shorter show today to the Kyle Dubas press conference, which happened right while this Nadokovich thing was happening. And you have to wonder, if the Leafs had known, they'd have paid that price, right? Oh, Nadokovich God. Campbell? That Maybe. would have been a pretty sweet thing, right? He got off the phone and saw a miscall, uh, Don W, and oh. was very upset. So Aiden Hill costs more than Nadokovich. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. What happened? What the, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. Oh. This is decidedly not Don Waddell, which tells me there's got to be something. I think it's exactly the the Hurricanes MO. Like, I'm going to fire that bullet every time. They're, they are a weirdly budgeted team with their they players. Are. In negotiations, I mean. Do you think they weirdly budget everyone. by position? Is that what it is? I think by, like, guy. By, like, hey, we're evaluating you at this at this point, and we're not moving. And well, the least could have maybe could have benefited from some of that. All right, yeah. we're gonna pay our coaching staff, but now we have nothing left for goalies. Uh, right, they squeeze everyone. Like uh, I, I understand we're a bunch of Leaf fans here, and our team pays everybody. But the hurricane, like the conversation, is always, ah, they don't want to pay this guy. And they don't want to pay this guy. The head coach had to beg guy. the organization to pay his assistants. Yes, and like the <laughs> other staff. You're so close to pay anybody and you win a cup. Pay like two guys, you win a cup. Um, as as a fan of a team that cannot get over the hump, I look at the Hurricanes and get immense anxiety. 
<laughs> well, you're so you just, close, guys. They're so Stop. close. They're gonna. They're, you just feel like they're gonna win eventually, right? Right? Win what? Right? Get their head like, out of their ass. Win a second round? Like Man. I don't know. They got it. They the goaltending thing. They do have to sort, but uh, I sure hope they do because I'm a big fan of the the way the team's built and they're fun to watch and they love each other and yep. the fans yep. are great and it's like everything's great. Why can't you guys just cop up a couple mil? Bring on a corporate sponsor. I'll come down and sell it for you. But come on, you're, to, you're together for long enough, and the magic starts to wear off. Yeah, and also every one of you has been squeezed by the organization. Like when does the shine wear off? Well, speaking of shine wearing off, Steve, and this is where a beautiful transition walks in. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> now, um, Kyle Dubas was ready for his press conference, and I actually think it's apt that you mentioned that because this team felt like magic against Washington, and they felt like a team on the up. Everybody was excited. Then as Toronto fans, we got a little annoying, and then a lot annoying, and then literally hated by everybody again, which is you know our rightful place in the league, and that's fair. But Kyle Dubas had a press conference yesterday where he talked about the team. And it's very funny to see the reactions to Kyle Dubas when he says things like this, because the reactions are almost the same. And he says almost the same thing after every single season. So here's the quote. And this is from Chris Johnson, our boy. Um, Basically, the Leafs are doubling down. For better or worse, I believe in this group. And I believe they're going to get it done. And I believe they're going to win. I understand that comes with a certain amount of doubt because of the fact that we may not have broken through in the playoffs, but it's my belief that they will. I believe in them as players. I believe in them as people. And I know that that decision lies on me and what risk that is for me. We're going ahead that way. So I'm comfortable with it. I believe we're going to see the best version of this group next season uh, that we've seen yet. And I'm willing to bet everything on them. And and he is. And I got to say, I respect it. At very least, I respect it. I find that laughable he said the exact same thing against columbus last year if they don't succeed the fault lies with me i believe in this group and then the season before when they lost game seven in an atrocious coaching job by mike babcock i believe in this group and their failure rests with me remember and at that time both times we said you know what really respect that really respect him taking responsibility um and the more i look at it and i do respect it i respect the fact that he's doing his job because that is literally his job. Yeah. You have acquired a bunch of players and signed a bunch of players and you don't believe in them. Then you haven't done your job. (laughs) So literally we're giving Kyle Dubas praise for, for literally what's in his job description right now. There's nuance. There's nuance. Okay. So we said it last year. I thought the nuance was I didn't make a good enough team. This year, the it uh, it sounds it feels like I think I've made a good enough team, and I'm willing to bet they are. Which okay, fair. Give them that, and you know, to be fair to him, the talent's there, unquestionably. We all thought they were going to beat Montreal. Every one of us, every one of us, every person on Sportsnet, including Eric Engels, who covers the Habs. He gave the Habs seven games. Good for him. He was right. Well. In part, he said the Leafs would win mm-hmm. in seven games. And part of me saw that and I went, yeah, that's fair. It can't be easy. So it's got to go to seven. And like, I don't want to have the same damn conversation. Oh, if Tavares isn't, well, he wasn't. Every year it's going to be someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, Felino. What if Felino? It wasn't there. Every year it's someone. 
They all got a punctured lung or a broken foot or a hurt. I don't know everything. Okay. They didn't do it. Well, and that's my point here is what exactly, what exactly like when he says, I believe in this group, my first question is why I know the talents there, but why beyond the talent? Why? 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 And, And I think that's a relevant question. Why? Why? And I want to know, like, I, the next time someone someone gets him in front of a podium, which is like four times a year, please follow it up and say, why do you believe? We know that you believe. You acquired them. You signed them. You protected Kerfoot. Why do you believe? The most annoying thing with Kerfoot. So I was looking at my video I made a few weeks ago where I made next year's Leafs out of guys under contract because there are some edits I have to make to that team. Uh, Spezza was a UFA, so I had to add him. Simmons was a UFA, so I had to add him. Uh, And Kerfoot, I have to add to that team because at the time, I was like, well, they're losing him. Right. They're losing Kerfoot. What's amazing is the defense stays the exact same, and Campbell's still there. Mm -hmm. That's a victory. Mm -hmm. But then I add Kerfoot back to that lineup. I don't think they should put him at center. I don't because their hole on left wing is so gaping. It's unbelievable. It's really bad. Uh, I think they're going to go out and sign a third line center this summer, but at, at the it all comes back to the damn stars have to compete, and the damn stars have to score and and win for God's sake. And we're nothing Kyle Dubas does can give us an answer to that before the playoffs, and that's well, going to be the most frustrating thing about the next. Uh, what do we got? Nine months? Yeah. <laughs> Season <laughs> like, starts in mid-October. Ten weeks from now. now. And I wondered about that because, Steve, the same thing. I feel the same way. Talent's there. I get why you believe in the talent. Tell me why you believe in the team. Mm. Tell me why you believe in this group together. It's easy to see why Matthews is great. It's easy to see why Marner is great, why Tavares is a great leader, why Morgan Riley bleeds blue and white, while Jack, why Jack Campbell was a good surprise. And Jake Muzzin's tough and sturdy. I get all that. I totally get it. Totally. Tell me why you believe in this group together. Because with the exception of Jake Muzzin and Jack Campbell, they've been together for the past five seasons. Can I join and you? And I guess on one year without Tavares. I want to join you on something. Because okay. you're you're talking about can the Leafs win with Morgan Riley and perhaps they should trade Morgan no, just Riley? Core. Just his fucking core. I'm just not sure. No, but you've repeated you've brought up Morgan Riley many times. I'm here to say I have no interest in doing this all year. None. So either trade him now or extend him. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. I would. I, I've doing this all year again. Oh, please. No, please. God. No. Well, they're going to, cause they're going to keep him. Oh, I know. We I now know. know we have the answer and they're going to let him walk next year because no, what'll happen. Okay. So you're keeping him. You're keeping so him and you're I, letting him walk at the uh, Then actually keep him. No, that's what they're going to no. Extend Steve, the guy. Look at the look at the names that have walked out the door here. Look at the names. It's miserable. It's miserable, man. For nothing. Oh. For nothing. And this is people think I'm crazy. And it's like, no, no, no. Trade these guys a season before their contract's up if you're not going to keep them. Trade them. Do you, see, do you all see how I've like really the past two shows been really trying? Like I'm I'm you're you're asking me. I don't know. 
All right. Well, I, listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I think you've made a good point in the past, Steve, which is, I know, which is this, you ready for this? What? There was, there, I think it was against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You were like, how can you guys disrespect Kyle Dubas like this after he went to bat for you? Oh, you said that. And it's because he went to bat and got them the money they, they all wanted. And then they didn't show up and now they've done it again. And so people are like, where's your skepticism coming from? It's that the most of these guys have been here the whole time. And J- uh, Jake Beliefs had a tweet, and I, I, I couldn't believe it when I read it. And mm-hmm. I, I, like, I couldn't believe that it was true. The Leafs have either been leading a series or an elimination game in every year of the Matthews era, except for 2020 against Columbus. Oh. 2017, <laughs> they were up 2-1. Yep. On uh, on the Caps, 2018, they were leading Game 7 against the Bruins heading into the third. 2019, they were up three games to two over Boston and had a chance to close them at home. Columbus fart. And then 2021, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> right. It's – um, I'm – Listen, you've asked me to reserve judgment. Steve, you're right on that. It's terrifying and I, it's making me sick. I want to be wrong, but I think I'm allowed to be skeptical now. I think I'm well within my rights to be skeptical. I know there's a ton of Leaf fans who believe the same thing and, and I want to be wrong. I want, I want to be fucking dunked on next April. Like just <laughs> rush my mentions if they go through and they win. I'm ready, bring it. Because I'm going to be thing. thrilled, but I don't believe it yet. Here's what I think might be giving you subconscious anxiety and a lot of people in this fan base, subconscious anxiety, the idea of running it back. They literally cannot do that. <laughs> they can't there. We began last season with Frederick Anderson as a starting goalie. We already know that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Jack Campbell is still there. Who's the other goalie going to be? That's an enormous question. Big question. Right. And we, I can't evaluate next team without knowing that. We don't know who the third line center is going to be. We don't know what position Kerfoot is going to play. <laughs> like that, that is a fairly large thing. And the goal on left, or sorry, the hole on left wing is so big, even if you slot Kerfoot in there, that I think they can't possibly not address it, like unless it's trade or free agency. Right. So we look at this team as a, they're running it back with a shittier team. And I just don't think that's what's going to happen. There's, we're going to find out there's going to be movement tonight. There's going to be movement the next night. Uh, well, the next day, I should say. Mm-hmm. And free agency, I think, is going to be big for them. Um, who do they keep? Who's the name keeps coming up? Holla? Is Eric it Holla? Holla for the Leafs? Yeah. Wouldn't hate that. Yeah. You, they, like that. they almost got it done last year. Like, wouldn't hate that. I, it's impossible for me. I, I'm what are looking at last to? year's group and and in anger and applying it to next year's, and that's not what I should be doing because next year's team is too incomplete. Okay, and that's fair. Maybe that's what I'm doing too. I've just it was the problem with this year's team is the parts that were the problem in the playoffs are going to be the parts that that are here in October. If they re-sign Thornton, I'm going to be like, okay, holy shit. What's <laughs> up, Jesse? I'm I'm really excited for this coming season for the reasons that Kyle Dubas explained in that press conference, because we always, when he said he believes in this team and he's going to go out next year and show everyone that he believes in it and double down on everything he's built here. We got a handshake agreement from Kyle Dubas that this, if this doesn't work out at the end of this season, that's it. 
That's that's well, it end. for him. That's it. That's it for him. So there's yeah. there's this this is this agreement with the fans and us who criticize management and within the organization that if it doesn't work out this time, this is your last shot. You're done. Where something else is going to happen, and that's exciting because then yeah. there's, yeah. there's there's a go for it factor with Kyle Dubas in 2015. Alex Anthopoulos was GM of the Toronto Blue Jays at the beginning of the season. He was offered a five-year extension by Blue Jays management, and he rejected it. So he was going into his last year as general manager. That was on paper. But Kyle Dubas is doing this hypothetically in that we all know at the end of this, if it doesn't work out, he's probably fired. And in that uh, midseason, the Jays were 500. And at that point, Mm -hmm. Alex Anthopoulos said, I have six months left at this job. I better damn win or I can't be the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays anymore. And he went out. And he required uh, Troy Tulowitzki at the deadline. He got David Price. He got um, Ben Revere. Ben Revere. Ben was Revere. Sick. Ben and Revere. Was sick. And he sold the farm for guys who are going to win that season. And what did the Jays do? They went on to have one of the best second halves ever and charge into the playoffs and almost make the World Series. So mm-hmm. the, at the we're going to get to a point in this season where Kyle Dubas is going to say, okay. I better get to the second round here. And the bar is so low for the Leafs. It's embarrassing. Round. But oh. If he's, oh, they've taken a step. <laughs> he's going to sit there at the end of the, at whatever it is, the trade deadline, evaluate the team at the, at going into the playoffs and say, okay, I better win here or I'm done as GM of the Leafs. And that's and, exciting to me. That's fun. That is fun. This is, and, this is going to be an exciting season because we know yes. the Leafs have to do it. That's awesome. Do the they Leafs know the fun. Leafs have to do it, Jesse? I, I think they do. Do the players know? A hundred percent. What's at stake for them? They got their money. Exactly. Right. right. That's the part where I'm like, yeah. In terms of everything will be in place for them to know that they have to do it. Like Kyle Dubas is going to put everything around them so that they know they have to do it. And I think there's, I think they know to an extent because there's so much chatter in the media in this market that you have to perform here. I'm just imagining Kyle Dubas in the GM box just... Crossing his fingers so fucking God, I hope you guys care. Go get David Price. I don't think that's how he lives his life. I don't think that's how Dubas lives his life. I think he's a far more Zen person. The the Chinese farmer thing that he tweeted when Muzzin got hurt Mm -hmm. um right before the the shutdown thing really sticks with me. I'm like, oh, so that's just who this guy is. (laughs) Like legit. Like, oh, that's wonderful. Maybe it's it's great. We gotta yeah, look, look it up on YouTube. But, we got uh, to win something, though. There's also, I, I will say this. So the standard here is just win a series. I, no. I think I think a chunk of the fan base would be, ah, oh, finally. Yeah. But I'm so grateful in my gig that I get to cover the playoffs every year because, and this is why I'm like so stuck on Carolina. If you heard that earlier segment, you're like, what's, what's going on with Steve? It's because every year Carolina's in the second round and that's it. Like covering the entirety of the playoffs and continuing to watch the rest of the playoffs really drives home the point that the second round is nothing. It's nothing, which means the first is less than nothing, (laughs) but the second round is still nothing. Win a chip, man. Guys, uh, breaking news. Uh, We got a rumblings level rumor. (gasps) You guys ready for rumblings level rumor here? So what is that on the on the rumor totem pole, Steve? How high? Oh, it's, uh, it's 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 there. It's so, there. Okay, it well, registers. Darren Dreger is saying that Rangers, Minnesota, Anaheim, and LA is potential fits for Jack Eichel. Rumblings. What rumblings? That Montreal could be in the mix for the Star Center. That's the exact tweet. Now Shea Weber's not going to play this year. 
probably will, they will have the room. And, and especially with, you know, Carrie Price could miss, what are they saying? Could not play till January. Who the hell knows? So, or he'll be fine or he'll be fine and they'll be fine. Um, now I do want to quickly move on. You know, we were going to have this big debate on Hyman too, but Monday. yeah, well, so yeah, I guess we can wait, but the, the thing was yeah, let it be uh, Edmonton offered the Leafs a sixth for Hyman and the Leafs supposedly want a second. Yeah. For his rights so that they can go eight years rather than seven. We, we can have that debate Monday. We can move on. Sure. Um, just a quick thing. There's a NHL general managers and this was mentioned in Elliot, Elliot Friedman stopped doing 31 thoughts. Uh, but now he's just doing thoughts and there's like six or seven of them every day. Um, and it's actually kind of great because it's a more updated 31 thoughts. And one of the things he said was most NHL general managers or a couple NHL general managers have told him that players are literally dying not to come here. Um, and that, as we said before, no, no, Canada. Oh, and it was because of the COVID restrictions that we've that we faced. They looked. At he the gave. He gave said, three reasons. It wasn't just COVID. Okay, it was COVID, <laughs> and it was it was COVID. And let me read it. Let me read it out. Yeah, read the sentence. <laughs> we're not to play in Canada because of taxes, which has already been debunked. By the way, you have the right planner. It doesn't make a difference. But if the players mm-hmm. believe that, then we can't change their minds. Fair. Social media, which is us. We're the reason. I can't wait to get blamed for another player leaving. You're so then, you're so lucky you guys play hockey. Tighter pandemic restrictions. Man, I was just going to say, has anybody checked on NBA Twitter lately? It's fucking crazy. Football Twitter? Woo! It's, it's weird a- how the Lakers keep winning. <laughs> and LeBron has a bunch of championships. Like, what a... What a, what a strong guy. Doesn't buckle. Hockey players are weird in that they want to go to a place. They're like, okay, I can play in this city where I play on the number one team in the number one sport that they care about. Like, you go to Calgary, you go to Edmonton. They don't have anything else, you know? But they'd rather go to a place like Tampa where they're the sixth most important team in the market. Oh, they're higher up than the Rays. Come on now. That's, yeah, that's probably yeah. fair. Now that they've yeah, won a couple. But. I think Lightning fans are actually in the market the best ones. Okay, let's let's throw out another city. Texas. Yeah, but what percentage you of know? the population you're are right. Lightning okay, fans? Fair. Fair. But your, your say, point stands, Jeff. If you want to play for the Stars, you know, what? how do you rank amongst, like, college football teams in the NFL <laughs> and base the Rangers, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But they would rather play for the Stars than the Oilers. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's also nicer weather. Even people in Edmonton can admit that. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's like more than fair. You know, the weather's weather weather's a, a factor, and I get. And it. you got to play in the winter. Um, like. The Rangers bought out D'Angelo today. Uh, no word yet on if any team has made an offer on him, and he's a very, very, very good player. Uh, but you know, top top four defenseman, and it'll be curious to see who picks him up. And here's the thing: you know that any team that picks him up probably is going to do some major background on what. You know, what changed? What have you done? You know, it didn't work for anybody else, but it could work for us. Um, I thought Jay Fresh nailed it. So he he tweeted out, you know, that war that wins against, uh, wins above replacement, sorry, model. And D'Angelo's numbers are, I mean, his uh, offensive numbers are elite. His defensive numbers are trash. But he sums it up very nicely in one tweet. Tony D'Angelo, bought out by the New York Rangers, is and was a very effective uh, and productive one-way top four right-handed offensive defenseman. It says something about how much of a prick he is that he got bought out despite that. Jeez. <laughs> is that... what do you, The Rangers aren't buying him out because he's bad. They're not. Yeah. So yeah. he's... Where's the lie? 
Where's the lie? What would a George have punch him in the face? Because you oh you blew an assignment. I don't think so. I just who knows? Maybe it'll be you, team that's thinking about it. Maybe it'll be you. You'll change him. Want my money? Habs. Really? Oh yeah. Well, we got a strong culture. We can indoctrinate him in that. That's gross. That's what they always. That's what these teams always say. Uh, the, the more the more comes out about this Blackhawks thing, the more Bergevin can shut up forever. Um, okay, so with the Blackhawks, let's get to the hockey side of it, and then we're going to get to the rest of it, and then we're into the press conference. So, um, the Blackhawks obviously want Seth Jones. It seems like the most likely place, and it looks like they won't have to give up Doc or DeBrincat to get him. So, which what, the, it makes no sense to do that. When I saw that rumor, I cringed. Well, that's the rumor right now, yeah. and if that's the case. Man, fuck. Why do people keep helping the Blackhawks? You know what I mean? Well, it depends who you ask. If you ask the right people, they'd say them getting Seth Jones does not help them at all. Right. Well, I think a lot of people said he had a down year last year. You got to remember, though, the guy had COVID. Like, you know, people are like, ah, he's falling off. I'm like, this guy, he had COVID. Like, let's like, back, it down, no, back it down, back it down. There's no asterisk on last season in terms of who won. No. But individually i think it's more than fair to give some guys a mulligan on on the way it went the entire canucks roster for example Mm -hmm. a lot of the stars like you know that was a team cup final then they didn't even make it oh right because they started after everybody else and maybe seth jones is on that list are the blackhawks going to regret the extension that he immediately signs because it's going to be like for like seven years and 70 million or something crazy, you know, or 60 million. Well, look what and- Ristolainen just cost in assets. And he's signed for one more year. Mm-hmm. You know, look, look at the cost of Ryan Ellis. Uh, it's all, it was, all, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to cost a pretty penny for Jones. And then the salary yeah. on top of that. Ooh. Yeah. It's going to be high, man. Speaking of which, just quickly on Hyman. Would Benson be enough, do you think, to get that done, Tyler Benson? Oh. His name I'd, keeps uh, coming up, and I don't know why. Is that I'd, too much? Uh, I would – well, I mean, if the Oilers aren't going to use him, they might prefer to lose a guy who they know they're not going to use instead of a pick. Fair. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Where would you read that? I'd take him. <laughs> I, it's, a lot of people are talking about it, and it came up in my mentions a lot. I meant to bring it up, but I was like, Tyler, why do they – I guess might, that they Maybe because we talked about him. In well, the and maybe – it seems like maybe they view him the same way they view Caleb Jones, which is he's not going to play here. He's just not going to play. So I'd, t- I'd take Tyler Benson. Okay. Oh, you'd let them just fucking give him to you. Yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, happened with the Shane Goss's fair trade. I do want to say uh, they just fucking gave him away. That clip was very funny. Yeah. Was, All right. Thank you for uh, Tyler Benson as well. It would be the deal would be rights for rights because Tyler Benson doesn't have a deal right now. He's an RFA. So you'd be giving Hyman's rights for Benson's rights. Yeah. Except Benson is an RFA. Yes. I said that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at you too. I was focused. <laughs> I just, it went right through me. The Steve face. <sighs> I'm paying attention. I listen. I researched three trade trees today. I, it is three o'clock, and my brain is already a, just right. a bowl of tapioca pudding. Now I'm going to put a trigger warning on this one for sexual assault survivors. Oh. Uh, I have to. I have to do that. But we have to talk about this. This story cannot go away. You cannot let it go away. Um, and I'm going to try to get through it as quickly as I can while doing it justice. I'm not trying to do it for for you know not wanting to get the details out there. 
but frankly, there are people who are writing this who are doing a better job than we will ever do explaining it. So we're going to give you the top line. Um, so Ben Pope uh, talked about how there was uh, Ben Pope, by the way, Ben Pope CST works for the Chicago Sun-Times and is part of the PWHPA, just so you know. Um, there is a new amended version of the John Doe 1 versus Blackhawks lawsuit that provides significant details about Brad Aldridge's 2010 assault. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, uh, John Doe was at Aldridge's... Sorry, I almost started uh, on the wrong section here. I just want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, number six. Uh, John Doe, who is the obviously the plaintiff, uh, was at Aldridge's apartment for coaching advice. Aldridge turned on pornography and began to pleasure himself in front of the, pa uh, the plaintiff. John Doe attempted to leave Aldridge's apartment, but Aldridge blocked the exit from the apartment, grabbed a souvenir Cubs baseball bat from his wall, and physically threatened the plaintiff with a small bat. In or, uh, uh, while uh, brandishing the bat, John Doe, uh, uh, Aldridge verbally threatened plaintiff by stating that plaintiff would never play in the NHL if plaintiff did not engage in non-consensual sexual activity with Aldridge at that time. John Doe, sorry, sorry, Aldridge uh, verbally threatened plaintiff by stating that Aldridge would ruin plaintiff financially and destroy his career if plaintiff did not engage in non-consensual activity, which with Aldridge at that time. Um, after physically and verbally threatening the plaintiff, Aldridge exposed himself. Aldridge engaged in non-consensual sexual activity with John Doe, including masturbation, forcibly, forcible touching, and other lewd and lascivious acts until Aldridge ejaculated on plaintiff while plaintiff was paralyzed with fear. Now, that is, I, I mean, there's no words to describe that. Um, the amended lawsuit also alleges that Aldridge repeatedly invited young interns working for the Blackhawks to his private apartment before the alleged assault and Hawks employees were aware of this behavior and found it to be quite unusual, which by the way, was backed up by that marketing source. I believe that Rick Westhead had, remember he talked to somebody in marketing. I remember this. Um, and then the amended lawsuit also alleges that the Blackhawks player experienced homophobic trash talking for years afterwards in practices and scrimmages supervised by the Hawks coaches. Now, this one's big, guys. I'm going to read yep. the amendment. This is Amendment 25. John Doe, uh, sorry, plaintiff was subjected to humiliating trash talking by his teammates during scrimmages where coaches were present. Defendant, uh, the Blackhawks, uh, by, through its agents, permitted its players to repeatedly harass plaintiff by calling him uh, the F word, uh, not the, not the F-U-C-K yep. word, the other one, uh, asking, if he, uh, asking if he couldn't focus because he wanted to suck someone off and commenting that he should go suck a D, uh, among other similar harassing statements. Now, um, and then also a part of this was that um, the primary challenge is alleging the Blackhawks provided a positive review and or employment verification of Aldridge specifically to Houghton High School, where he went on to work. And I believe at that point, uh, he went on to work at University of Miami in Michigan and um, and there was a whole bunch of other things, but he is a registered sex offender now. And the whole question is, did the Blackhawks issue this man a positive, um, you know, a positive recommendation? Now, if you don't mind, I talked to a lawyer about this and um, they basically told me that anytime, and this is somebody that's not really familiar with the case, but anytime that there is a major power imbalance you open your organization, or in this case of the NHL, a group of organizations up to misconduct and abuse, be that sexual, physical, mental, whatever it is. 
just whenever there's a power imbalance, that's what happens. And that's why in a lot of organizations, you have HR departments. Um, and basically, you know, I mentioned to this person that Aldridge's dad worked for San Jose and still, still does, I believe still, still does. And they said, you know, if Aldridge, I believe worked for San Jose as well under Ron Wilson. And what would have that have, would have exposed him to is the inner workings of how much power coaches have over players. I'm not talking about superstar players here. Chances of a coach having much pull over a superstar player is pretty slim. But we're talking about guys who are just trying to make their dream happen, just trying to get into the league, just trying to get that 900 grand or the you know or your 786 or whatever it is, just trying to get in that that NHL paycheck. Um, and people in power usually use pre-existing systems to exploit their position to get what they want. So he would have had a front row seat to how that all worked. And, you know, you can see that in the allegations of I'll ruin you. You know, how many times did we see that with the Catholic church? Don't tell anyone or you'll be in big trouble. That's prime abuser language right there. Mike Um, Aldrich, by the way, um, has been the head equipment, um, head equipment manager of the San Jose Sharks since 1995. Shit according to eliteprospects.com. So I would like to know what the Sharks knew as well. Like, I think maybe maybe it's worth peeling it back all the way. It's surprising that the NHL and the Hawks, according to this lawyer, didn't put a lid on this thing. Uh, Because what you normally do in these situations is you pay the person off, you put everyone under your NDA, you put all their family members under NDA, and you never hear about it again. Now, they might have tried that and it didn't work or the player wouldn't do it, but... The, the issue is Rick West had reported that now the NHL has not and will not commit, and neither will the Blackhawks, to making these findings public. So they have their third-party investigation going, but they're not committing to saying, we're going to make this public. If this was a, you know, a school, you'd have to make the findings public, but the NHL is reserving its right not to do that. The problem is that that will shake, the, that will shake anybody's um, – that will shake the brand. You know? And that's where you get Rogers and ESPN – and TNT, and they're all looking at this like, like this makes us look bad too, because we're partners with you, right? And all the corporate partners, Rick West had called, called every single one of them. Nobody would report, return his call. And he asked them about why you work with the Blackhawks. Are you aware of these allegations? Do you have anything to say? Rick Westhead is the opposite of messing around, by the way. Yeah. Because yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't just the sponsors. Uh, and I, I finally asked this lawyer, what were the chances that this has never happened before? And they said, close to zero. It's very likely that they've had similar situations in the past and either settled and NDA'd or bullied the victims into silence. Or, uh, and this is maybe more likely the case, a lot of times victims won't come forward. Now, the Me Too movement's changed some of that. Um, and that was mostly for women. But for men as well, uh, they said that men have trouble coming forward in sexual assault cases because it's so emasculating. And you let's rewind back to the Hawks players, the allegation of the, the Hawks players, you know, you can't focus cause you're, you know, you're thinking of some guy's dick or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit scary, a lot scary. Um, and it's big of this person to come forward, but it also makes me question who was the Hawks leadership at that time? Who were the Hawks coaches at that time? And you have Joel Quinville's name, well, I mean, like if we're if we're talking about, you know, Shepeldayoff said in a in a statement uh, I think yesterday didn't know about it. Player personnel, Mark Bergevin, head of player personnel, did not know about it. Stan Bowman knew about it because a meeting evidently took place. 
That's the allegation. All those people should be fired, like and not even just like fired from their current position, from their current position, then suspended from being in the National Hockey League forever. Like that's that's just you. And uh, like you should go as far as like the Wurtz family should be in trouble for like they might have to sell this team. Like to the point of how how is this thing going on within your organization? You shouldn't have the, your your play toy anymore. This is this should be over. Like this is absolutely horrific. Everybody involved should be fired from their current position, not allowed to play in the National Hockey League anymore. It's ridiculous. And I agree with that, Jesse. And so then so here's the last question, the last piece. If that is the case for Shovel Dayoff, Bergevin. And uh, Stan Bowman, what do you then say about the guy who was on the ice as the head of this team? That would be Joel Quinville. That would Same be Stanley thing. Cup winning, Hall of Fame. Co- well, this is the thing, no, right? Take, take him out of the Hall of Fame. I, like- well, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, because, you know, Bowman is a big name in hockey. We know that, right? Yeah. Quinville, big name in hockey, player yep. and coach. Um, Bergevin. Also a player and coach, or sorry, a player and GM. Shovel day off, doing well in Winnipeg. These are, you know, it, it seems like at least that there's protection going on, like the NHL is closing in on protecting the wrong people. You know, if you manage and you oversee this, I mean, maybe, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what argument could be made to defend anybody on the Hawks coaching staff that year. Because clearly they had to have heard that. And then let's talk about the players. The only players who have spoken up and said anything are players that have retired. Sopel and Boynton. Anybody with no skin in the game is speaking yep. honestly. And I think, um, did, uh, did Dan Carcillo speak up on it too? I believe he did, yeah. Okay, so that's three. But Duncan Keith, Jonathan Tays, Brent Seabrook, uh, Patrick Kane, uh, uh, Corey Crawford. You all... No, not Crawford. Crawford, Crawford was, was on... There? No, he was on 2013. Okay, sorry. That would have been uh, uh, Niemi. Yeah. Right? Their goalie was Niemi that year. Okay. But, but okay, Taze, just say Taze and Kane. Captain and assistant in Chicago right now. Bowman, GM in Chicago right now. There, it's very, likely, very unlikely that anything goes back on the players, but you do have to wonder, like, what is the, what is the culture in the NHL if that's the reaction? If you're complicit in like a sexual assault case and you knew something happened and like you were, you allowed some of that to occur, then you don't get to be a part of an entertainment product anymore. Like you don't get to have your career in the fun factory. You're out. Like that's crazy. Well, and you know, the, I I hate to say it, but the Oilers just spent big, big assets on Duncan Keith. What's Duncan got to say about that? He obviously I, had to have known. This is what did or didn't happen um, is interesting, and we're still learning details. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to specifics, you know, there is perhaps plausible deniability. But whenever sure. someone says something like, I didn't know at all, I, I don't believe them. Right. I don't the believe Letty them. Thing, I can believe Nick Letty because Nick Letty wasn't there until the next year. I can believe that's believable enough. <laughs> But even then, rumors get around, right? It's still hard for me to believe, but it is more believable than someone who was there on that team. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 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 
it's the NHL. There's only like 800 guys. It's not a lot. Spreads. And let's also not forget a bunch of guys from that team. That was the Hawks team that they had to blow up. Right? Because there were some weird over-the-cap issues. Was that the... Uh, there was um, Chris Versteeg and Dave Bolin trades to Toronto in consecutive years or whatever um, it was. First... Versteeg was pretty- no no yeah Versteeg was 2010 came to Toronto Boland I think was 2013 came to Toronto but they they dealt Versteeg they also dealt Lad they dealt um, Bufflin um, yeah they blew that team up proper they had to get rid of a lot of guys it's a it's a tough look. And we'll continue to follow it. I hope you continue to watch it. Follow at Ben Pope CST. Follow by Scott Powers. Uh, follow uh, Rick Westhead. Um, I know there's names I'm missing here. Um, uh, Katie Strang. Katie Strang. Yeah. These are the these are the people that are going to give you the story on it. Thankfully, media outlets are actually covering it now. And um, Mark and Lazarus. Mark Lazarus is great too. Yeah. Great, great Chicago reporters there. So you know, boy. I don't know what else to say. I don't even know how to wrap that up. But I guess we got to get into the press conference. So let's do it. The Presser. S-D-P. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. All right. This is going to lead into a question for you, Stephen. So okay. our our dear friend, uh, Mike Schmidt. Hey. He, he's raised a whole bunch of money for uh, our Easter Seals team. He just recently also actually raised $9,000 through an Overwatch, uh, you know, the game, the video game Overwatch. He played an Overwatch charity tournament. Unbelievable. At <laughs> ow4charity.com uh, on Twitter. Sorry. And they raised $9,000 for sick kids and fetch and release. Release. Adam, you did work yeah, with them. I did. Oh, That's did where I got my dogs. Oh, there you go. Oh. Both dogs. Fetch and release. Yep. They're awesome. So yeah, they're a great service because Bindi and uh and Seti are terrific dogs. So yeah. And he raised over nine thousand dollars for them. Amazing. And yeah, he did a whole bunch of work with uh us for Easter Seals. I missed and that. that I missed and that dogs. leads into a question, Steve. Hmm. Easter Seals, we don't have many details on that, but rinks around Ontario are reopening in the next like two weeks. Are yeah. you gonna restart your journey learning to play hockey? And getting better at the game. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, it's such a boring, <laughs> crappy answer. I'm yeah, like so I'm I'm gonna resume skating pretty much as soon as my uh vacation begins. Um the real answer is uh dude, my back is very fucked. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's, it's really fucked. Um, and I've done I've done such a good job of rebuilding it. Yeah, because it's, it's been fucked for like the history of this podcast. It's well, yeah, but right around when Leo was like a month old or something like that, I really screwed it up, really screwed it up. And it made being a new dad extraordinarily stressful and it made it very difficult. Um, and I've done such a good job. So I just got to be I'm going to I'm going to I've stopped working out like a hero. And I've started working out like someone who just wants to pick their kid up. And so I'm going to stop skating like a guy trying to make the NHL and, and resume skating like a guy who's trying to learn how to skate. I think you'll learn a lot faster that way. I think I will too. It's cool, man. Good for you. 
Yeah, I've done a really good job. I've done a really good job. I'm doing much better. I can sit. Do you notice I fidget less when I sit? And now it's my neck because my neck's fucked. But my back is so much better. Yeah, that's why I stand the whole show because my neck and shoulders have been so bad for so long. I finally got my jaw fixed. But if I stand up for the whole show, as much as I get a little lazy and I move around and stuff, it's better for my posture to stand than it is to sit. I just got one of those neck pillows. Oh, how's that working? It's working well, but this is the most pettiest and nerdiest thing I've ever done. I saw an ad for it on Facebook um, and I wanted to buy it, but because I didn't want to give Facebook any money, I went directly to the site and bought it from there. (laughs) Fuck you, Mark. (laughs) Was it right above or under one of those t-shirts that says, I'm a sports blogger and my day is always sunny. And it's a picture of a sun or something. Does my managing editor offend you? Like, yeah, it's, they're all, they just go through and pick born March 12th and proud of it. Like really way too niche, way too niche. Mark, that's enough. Next question comes from at Jake underscore Peralta on Twitter. Not the Jake Peralta. I was going to say. Thoughts on the Indians changing their name to the Guardians. Do you guys like the name Cleveland Guardians? That's the baseball team starting next year. Adam, you go first. I do because I've been to Cleveland and there's like a whole they have like a there's like a guardian statue there. There's like a big art deco statue from when Cleveland was like in its heyday. And there's like a connection to the city. Like anybody that that thinks the guardian thing doesn't fit Cleveland doesn't know Cleveland. So and I don't know Cleveland that well, but I do know at least that. So I think it looks great. I think it's progress. It's a step forward. Um, I mean, God, even the even even Washington's football team has backed off their you know, ridiculous uh, stance on that. I, it's a sign that things are changing in a good way. And it just shows, I, honestly, you got any problem with respect for other cultures? Right. Like, like, is it that hard? It's not that hard. Don't, people don't understand like where this is all coming from. Like I saw some criticism of the logo. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a bit of a bit of I a, like that it's 3D. I think that's cool. Eh, it's an okay logo, but here's what this logo has that the last one didn't, you can use it. <laughs> you can use this logo. The previous one, you could not on account of kind of racist. Yeah. So this one you can use. And I think that's a plus. It's, yo, know, it's, it's so that's wild so to me funny. that up until two years ago, we like, actually had the- a team named after a, an ethnicity skin color. Like, yes, isn't that and the, the, the chief Wahoo logo is just oh, so, it's yo, so wrong. If you want to see something crazy, um, you should see, you should go back. I don't know if you guys ever had these, but I had these VHS tapes of the 92 93 World Series J- uh, Blue Jays, and it would like break down the season and be like this hype oh. video. Like, you know, it told the whole story. I even had one for the Detroit Wing- Red Wings 97 uh run as well, which was really cool. And that's when they had that hey, hey, hockey town sound. Detroit, Detroit fans know what I'm talking about. They had a song. Anyway, long story short, in it, Braves fans are like wielding uh, uh, tomahawks. The tomahawk tomahawks, chop. And they're wearing the hat. They're wearing the headdress. Oh, and they're all doing it together. And, and I'm chanting. Like, but it's, but, and, and back then we yeah. didn't bat an eye. No one did. I mean, I was five. I, what the hell did I know? But like, it, it's still like, you think about that. I was like, go baseball team. Like, come well, on. I still, I think we batted an eye. I think we bat because I remember. Um, I, I mean, I didn't because I didn't know any better. I'll be honest with you. I really had no idea. I five. remember <laughs> that's one, you know, 
I, I have vague memories of certain things from my childhood. And I remember asking my parents about that because we watched video because I was like, I know the Blue Jays have won two championships, but I don't really remember them. They were, I was too young. I was like four when they won that championship. And I saw that and I was like, what are they doing? And my dad's like, you're, you're not allowed to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and oh. I, thought, I thought it was like, because, oh, that's the other team. Because I was a kid. <laughs> uh, no, we don't do that because it's the other team. I didn't understand that you don't do that because it's really bad and you shouldn't do it. Uh, final question. This is from uh, GBurge12 on Twitter. They asked, should the NHL create another Canadian team? And I'm going to flip that question. And I'm going to say the NHL currently has 32 teams. Yes. Add two teams so we get an even 34. Add one to the east, add one to the west. Steve, who you got? Then Adam, then I'll go because I got two as well. Saskatoon, which I know isn't going to happen. What about, hey, add two teams that there's a possibility it could happen. Yeah, like, (laughs) are we talking about? Okay, here's here's my east one, and I think this is realistic. Halifax. Mm. Halifax is growing Halifax has a surrounding area Um, there aren't too many other shows in town really they got a CFL team coming don't they no I don't think that's going to happen Oh, I think the pandemic kind of halted that and then I don't know where the conversations are at now yeah so they got the Mooseheads so they they do have a Q team they have a, a Canadian Premier League team in soccer Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else Halifax has. I think I think it's a team that in the future could support an NHL team. Mm-hmm. So that's your could they support NHL and the Q? That's a legitimate question because you the can, move, do you can well. move that team to like Kentville or something like that outside of town. I mean, it, it's but yeah, uh, I, I I don't think that yeah. Go ahead, pick your other team. Pick your other well, team. See, I, I think that's a misread of a CHL town. Because CHL towns are very passionate about their CHL teams, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Halifax is passionate about the Mooseheads. Mm-hmm. But if they have an opportunity to see Sidney Crosby play in their hometown, I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, he's around, cool. he's running up and down hills and everything. Uh, screw you guys, I'm sticking with Saskatoon. There's nothing to do and everyone's at the nothing. I think people would actually go. Would enough go to support a team? I don't know. But I think I think it would surprise you. Um, Jesse, do you just mean Canadian East and West? No, no, no. I just add to add an Eastern Conference team to the NHL. Oh, add a Western. Oh, okay. What? Because yeah, I, yeah, right. I, I figured Steve misunderstood that because oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, you. there's not a chance. If you can't yeah. get a team in... Uh, uh, Shit! Like, if you, can't, if you can't get a team in Quebec City, you definitely can't get one in Nova Scotia. No way. I oh, lived for in crying no out loud? Fucking way. There's yeah. 250,000... What is there, 400,000 people in the... In the Halifax Regional Municipality, not a chance. Not a chance. Unless you got oh. everybody driving eight hours from every direction to fill the arena every night, and somehow you end up with corporate sponsors beyond like the local oil family, the Irvings. Like I don't, I don't know who's going to set the forty or fifty million dollars on fire each year to fund that team. Someone. I mean, Adam, the Jets lose twenty five million a year. Adam, you take your turn, and Steve, if you want to circle back with the right. two other teams, go. No. Stick to your guns. That's okay. The theme. <laughs> All right. Adam, who you got? Stick to your guns is the theme. You're right. Now, yeah. uh, this is... Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. What did you want to say? No, I was saying go ahead. 
Okay, so this is a little unfair because both of these teams are essentially in the same spot in the United States, but one of them's got to go east and one of them's got to go west. So um, I'm going to say Houston is your Western Conference team. Um, not a, there's like I, I, there's very little debate in my mind that a team could work in Houston. There's a lot of money in Texas. There's a lot of corporate sponsorship in Texas. Houston's a great town for that. I know it's right near Mexico. I know it's hot as hell, and I know the ice would suck come summertime, but. You know, I feel like I feel like money wins out. And if there was money to be made there and somebody wanted to pay the billion dollar franchise tag for it, and I'm sure there are people out there who do, Houston makes the most sense. That's the market for me that makes the most sense. Uh, another one that's come up a lot, and I would put this in the Eastern Conference, even though, again, they're pretty much on par with each other, Kansas City. It's cold in Missouri. Um, and it's uh, it's, you know, it's a good spot. Like, it's just it seems like a pretty good size city. Um, you, you know, your corporate sponsors may not be as, you know, you may not have the best corporate sponsors. Um, and it's just down the street from uh, St. Louis. I think you could make it work, um, especially with the way things are, are set up um, with regards to like revenue sharing. Um, it would be a smaller market team, but you're pretty close to Chicago. You're pretty close to St. Louis, Nashville. And, you know, I would have said Atlanta. I really would have because hmm. I still think a team could work in Atlanta but you have got to be smarter about the owners you pick. Anybody that knows anything about the Thrashers knows that the reason the Thrashers really failed is because they had an owner that didn't give a fuck. And you need, you need you need that. And I so I would take another swing in Atlanta before I would even do Kansas City because there's so much money there. But you got to make sure you got the right ownership group and that is the big part, hard part to find. I don't think the Thrashers were a, a proper evaluation of Atlanta as a hockey market. Because they keep coming up in my trade trees. What an utterly incompetent piece of shit team. They failed so monumentally at absolutely everything. It was impressive. Yeah. They were just so bad and so dumb. Every decision they made was the wrong one. And how are you supposed to get into the sport if your team is, is garbage? It's difficult. Buffalo's got a lot of hockey fans. I'd be, con- I'd be interested to see how many new ones they got. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Losing sucks. <laughs> it does. Losing makes it hard. And if it, all of you pulling out your leaf jokes right now, I've talked about it before. There's lots of hockey fans here. A lot of them are fans of other teams. I'm going to give you my two teams. I'll mm-hmm. start in the West. I think Portland would be a great destination for a team. They already got an NBA team, so they got a, an arena ready to go. You can do the the drive down for on the I-5. You can go Vancouver, Seattle, Portland. You got a nice little rivalry there. The teams might be a little close, but I think you can work in that proximity. Like You have all those teams in California. Why not? Why not? Why not get a team in Portland? I think it'd be cool. And the other in the East, I, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I think it'll happen eventually. The second team in Toronto. <laughs> I think it's a hundred percent necessary because every the biggest the biggest team in the biggest market right now in the NHL is tr- the Toronto Maple Leafs. The bigger market is probably it's it's definitely uh, there's three three other ones ahead of them in New York in uh, North America like New York and I believe Houston's ahead of them on the list at LA. Mm-hmm. But the biggest hockey market in the league is Toronto. Every other sport has two teams in their biggest market. Why not throw a Why second not? team in Toronto? It would create an instant rivalry, and there is support here for two teams. You could do it easily. They'd be the Mets. They'd be the Brooklyn Nets, but they'd be the LA Clippers. 
But it would be so much fun to have that second team in Toronto. The yes, the argument though is that the you're you're cannibalizing your most profitable market. Yeah, but why does why does every other league do it? I know they do it, um, but it, it, I'm just saying that that the Leafs bring so much money to the table for the NHL that you know going and buying and all these things. It, you're 20 years before you even know if you made the right call, right? You know, you're going to bring Leafs tickets that you like the Leafs, the, the, the new team's not going to be profitable. You know that they are. Or, Why wouldn't they be profitable? Because they have to pay off all their debts for building oh. a new arena and all that shit. They're not going to be profitable. Yeah. They're just not. And, but and y- then year to year, I mean, they will be profitable. You're also forgetting in all those markets that have two teams, one of them never wins. And in Toronto, that's already built in. So right. I think this could actually be quite successful. This could be good. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to pull myself away from the Leafs, though. I, I really don't. As much as I, I can't stand it, I'd have to be a Leaf fan. Oh, my God. We found Leo's team. Yeah, there you go. I'm so happy for Better him. for the I'm children. I'm so happy for him. It's Everly, too. Oh, I'm so happy for I'm him. I'm shocked you don't think year to year there's enough advertising and ticket sales for a, a second NHL team to be profitable. I think you. I, I think what it is is that, um, you know, what would happen is you the Leafs fund so much of the revenue share in the league that – then you'd be bringing in another team. So the Leafs automatically have to lower their ticket prices, have to lower all the prices, everything no, else. And then the new team, yeah, hundred percent. And then the new team, the new team, which will be shining and new and hasn't broken anybody's hearts yet is going to draw some people. They're going to have cheap ticket prices. So it's going to be a race to the bottom there. So you don't make money there. Then you got corporate sponsorship competition, right? Which drives the price down. Then you've got um, the fact that the new team is going to cost a billion dollars just to buy the tag. And then you got to buy an arena, which is another billion dollars. You got to make one. Where are you going to make it? How easily is it? Get, how easily accessible is this arena going to be? Um, is there going to be the people to support it? And I think it's like, so it for the NHL from a business case. And I think Richard Petty actually made the same case on the on the uh, on the podcast far better than I could. The cost to the Leafs and the cost to the league could put them in some peril because you could be looking at a major adjustment that the NHL just can't handle right now. Maybe they could in the future. Like I'm not saying it, it'll never happen, but it just seems like you've got, you're making a boatload of fucking money out of Toronto. Why fuck with it? Put a team somewhere else. I think they're at least a decade away from even thinking about it. Yeah. I think you're off on in terms of like the numbers and the sponsors. Cause I think like, Hey, the, if it's, if it's not uh Molson, it's Budweiser, you know, like the other side yeah. can take, to, can take the, the dollars and pay the exact same amount. And one thing that I know is true in the league's collective bargaining agreement is that the Leafs have first right of refusal for a team coming within a certain radius of the GTA. Yes. So that's definitely a reason that it just hasn't been done. But I think it'd be an awesome thing. I think, I think we need the Mets and Clippers. And it's Nets. better in Hamilton. You can sell me on Hamilton. You can't mm-hmm. sell me on a second Toronto team. But Hamilton makes sense. Yeah, that's why that. uh, Balsilli, that's why he was trying to put in Hamilton because it was just outside of that little region where you didn't have to get approval from MLSE to build the team. Which, and they'll never give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> They're never going to give you Which is for that. weird because like, isn't Buffalo far closer yeah, but it's across a border. It's a little different. We're talking yeah, about land, still. right? There's water and land. There's no water, or, or sorry, there's no arable land there between Buffalo and Toronto, right? Mm, yeah. You're not know. building the arena in the middle of the lake. 
I don't know. Does Listen, it, man, doesn't prevent doesn't prevent Leaf fans from packing the joint. I am simply saying what the CEO, the former CEO of MLSE, told us. Right. I'm repeating what he said in his book and what he said on this show. That's all I'm saying. I uh-huh. haven't crunched the numbers. I have no idea. So that, but yeah, I mean, would it be fun? Fuck yeah. And um, the rivalry between Toronto and Hamilton would be just fucking classic. Like, how great would that be? Just awesome. Um, anyway, well, I guess we'll leave it there. I think so. Yeah, we good. Do you want to revisit the Kraken conversation, Steve, from the beginning of the show? Or yeah, let's say the same thing that? a fourth time. Let's do it. <laughs> By the way, um, if the Carolina Hurricanes are really serious about um, uh, Mrazek and Bernier as a tandem, James Reimer is available. And there's said to be many teams interested in his services. I need it for my soul. It's not going to happen. Would it, would, it get, would it make you happier about next year? I, I don't yeah sure why not what any leaf you- any leaf who played on those teams who's willing to come back deserves the world <laughs> oh fair enough fair enough how many well, guys who were on the game 7 team came back anybody not many i think they all left at first opportunity right fair enough Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. So guys, uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. More to talk about, more to do NHL entry draft tonight because the couple weeks of exhaustion continues. And then next Wednesday, free agency. Let's enjoy. Enjoy your weekend. Let's see some trades tonight. Teams get creative. Thank you. Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.